Yeah, because we have six people, I think we're going to try and do a somewhat structured thing at the start. Maybe not structured. I don't know. It's just going to be um, in... Is this a panel show? Is this a British-style panel show now? <laughs> it's a yeah. British-style uh, panel show. Can I be David Mitchell? You can be David oh. Mitchell. What, uh, what does the... I'm going to be Sue Milliken then. <laughs> so, uh, what we're going to do is I, mean, I thought is... I haven't I mean, run this is... by Stephen yet, but I'm going to oh. go through the Wikipedia list of 2020 events. Okay. And we're going to see. I, I, I pre-wrote a couple of good topics to just. Increase. Oh shit. This is big fat quiz. This is not, this is not a yeah. panel show. This is yeah, big I got fat some quiz. questions. I got some good trivia. Some great Great. questions. You're in review. Uh, Oh, then I'm definitely Jack Whitehall. Then (laughs) mine are mine are are opinion though, opinion based. Like, what do you think of this? Okay, well we'll have we'll have them all. We'll have them all. Uh, But we'll just I don't know how we'll start. Actually, you know, fuck it, fuck structure. I just have the 2020 list of Wikipedia in front of me to remind me of the shit that happened this year. I totally forgot that. uh, (laughs) Man. At January 7th, 56 people were killed at, in a crush at the funeral of Qasim Soleimani in Kirman, Iran. So not only was the general killed... Simpler times. Yeah, that was in January. Yeah, that was the start. Mm. Wait, when did, when did Kobe die? I think it was February. Wait, co- who died? No, 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 Kobe was past COVID. Is it? No, he wasn't. He was definitely a pre-COVID death. Right on the precipice. No, no, I remember because, wait, I went to, wait, no, no, you're right, you're right, you're Kobe right. Kobe died they, when I was still at the office, so that must have been in February. Yeah, it's because they stopped NBA stuff, and I went to a game after he died where Kyrie Irving scored, like, a bazillion points against the, mm. the Bulls. Uh, the thing with the Kobe Bryant incident is it really teaches you the danger of helicopter parenting. <laughs> January 26th. Wow. What, what happened on... Fire. Oh, man. Kobe. I love Kramer with the OnlyFans angle right there, just the whole time. <laughs> is that the OnlyFans angle? That's hot. Well, if you want people to see the bottom of your dick. Oh, I saw someone. Do you, you guys ever get like crazy porn retweeted on Twitter? Because I got that. I got someone putting a beer inside of their bum, like close up, mm. and then opening the beer. A can. glass or can? A, a can, and then okay. basically okay. it was like oh, a that's butt more jug. Impressive. It was like a butt jug. I witnessed it. Wow. They opened it. Yeah, while it was all the way in, they reached. Like for they use. The <laughs> Wait, so what? What are they like? Testing? Yeah, what yeah, do they absolutely. stick under the tab to pull it? That doesn't make any fi- sense. They, so they reach around and, and open it with their oh. finger because they oh. it's all the way in and they and it's you know they can still get I... a finger in to open it and then they open it inside their butt. It was really cool. Okay. See, that's my new party I... trick. I'm gonna do that while doing a cake stand, <laughs> and I'm just gonna get it from both ends. <laughs> it rotisserie by beer. Yeah, you're coming <laughs> up and down. <laughs> Eiffel Beer Tower. Really bad heartburn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, this is this should just be the 2000 special. We just bring up topics and then throw it to the panel. This yeah. is it. I got a good uh, question for the panel, real quick. Uh, do you guys think the Brexit deal is going to mean a grittier James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Are we recording? Yeah. 
Oh wow, yeah. I'm not I'm not recording my own audio yet. <laughs> I think we've been recording for like ten minutes. Yeah, I clapped and then we started. You clapped and then we started? Just, oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna oh, go raw dog for this. You're just gonna get so the zoom audio for this. Well, well you guys are you guys are the editing gods. You could do whatever you want and uh and post. Even yeah. is the editing god. Oh, I, I, I completely change conversations. I, I switch words around. I make you say crazy stuff. <laughs> mm. But well, yes. Uh this is a house of decline twenty twenty New Year's special. We've we've already been talking for ten minutes, and it's been fruitful. Uh, we have, as always, our our good boy Stephen. Hello. Uh, but we have also a very special special cadre of guests that are the panel. They're referred to as the panel. Uh, we got. Uh, I I'll try and do this in order of appearance. They they came on the show, which I think goes Steve. Yo yo yo. Steve Piquet, uh, oh shit, that's your name. Leave that out, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, okay. I'll then I think it. Jay came after, I can't remember, man, this year. Jay, it's you. No, Kramer was on before yeah, I was. Uh, oh, Kramer was on before it. Kramer! What up, what up? I'm the Richard Ayawade. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you're the, oh man, that uh, that mean, that would make uh, Dan the yeah. Noel Fielding. I'm Noel Fielding. Yeah, yeah, you're Noel Fielding, oh, Dan. Maybe. So we're yeah. gonna get the we're gonna get the lowest scores of this quiz. Okay, I've been introducing you terribly. Uh, just say uh, I'll introduce you, and then y'all say hello, uh, Steve. Hello, Kramer. Hello, Jay. <laughs> hello, Dan. Hello. Yeah, those are all the voices you're going to hear. Uh, it's like, just like the beginning of Peter and the Wolf, where the oboe represents the duck, but instead their voices represent the person. Uh, <laughs> no, so my welcome. voice still represents a duck. <laughs> uh, it's uh, so House of Decline, New Year's panel. We already talked about Soleimani. Uh, that was really fucked up. <laughs> that, that was I good... forgot about the collapse. Yeah. Oh, can I can I say something really funny, yes. which is I, I, I guess that's a given in this format that oh, I it's can always be funny. say something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as long as it's I, fucking funny. Well, like January rolled up, and that whole like shit show went up, and like Trump started saying shit about Iran. So I wrote like a, I wrote like a whole thing about Iran and war and everything, and I like some I shared it on my fucking like whatever. And this guy, whose name was exactly like a Montreal publisher, like the exact same name, added me on Facebook and was like, I want to publish this. Send it to me. And I realized like he's a bit weird. And then I'm like, where are you going to sit? He's like, oh, yeah, I have this thing of all these 4chan writings that I'm going to bind and sell at this like 4chan like meet and greet or whatever. So uh, it's really high praise. <laughs> so there's there's... I, I, I'm like, I blocked them. I'm like, oh, pull this shit out. But there's a chance that like, there's a 4chan like meet and greet happening. And there is okay. all this writing. And then there's this writing of me about Iran and like the US and Trump. <laughs> That's very, like, what you are you- You can be the contrapoints for Iran. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's what we need. Uh, well, maybe they were like, what was the vibe of this Montreal? When you say he was weird, describe his. Did you meet him in person? Did you see? Him no, no, no. He added. He added me on Facebook, and the only reason I like his name is like the exact same, just like a different spelling of as of this one guy I knew who published shit in Montreal. Okay. And so I'm you, like, oh, this is this guy. But no, like it's like one of those like. Instead of an A, it had like an O or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was just like a fortune enthusiast. But so wait, did you post this? Why would, so he's taking a Facebook post and putting it with a fortune compilation? Yeah. I feel that, <laughs> I feel like he's doing like that printing to spite it. you. I and feel like, like printing he's doing, it. <laughs> like, are you on the page where it's like, it's fortune view and then, but then normie view. This is what <laughs> normies think. You know, they have opinions. Kramer against about. Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kramer does Dakota? That sounds like a good porno. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just pick your Dakota wisely. <laughs> well, uh, not Dakota Fanning. We all love Dakota Fanning. No, what I'm doing the actual state. Happened to her. You're doing the whole state. Like, you're just going to dig a hole in the ground in Dakota and fuck it. No, no, I'm going to... I'm going to bottom fuck every for Dakota. Bottom for Dakota. <laughs> so you're going to build a mound of dirt. For East Dakota. The, for East Dakota. <laughs> I think what Along happened to Dakota Fanning Dakota. is that she got too old for the roles. She's for 20... Kids. Yeah, she's 26 now, so she's not going to... Oh, no. She was in the Twilight movies. She was. Yeah. And he was nine. a child. 26 mm -hmm. is now too old. Officially. <laughs> it's it's so too is old she, for the Dakota Fanning role. So is she like still alive? Is she addicted uh, yeah. to drugs? Uh, like what's, no, what's going on with her? No, she's no, fine. She's, she's like she's does theater now where the roles are, I guess. That's great. 2020 was the year of Dakota Fanning. Let's let's officially declare that now. She, she really gained COVID. her life back. What? She, she was the person who brought COVID to the US. She she it, was? Yeah, she's she's patient zero. Whoa! <laughs> Who's Dakota Fanning the whole time? Man on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> she's part of the Who's whole Dakota QAnon Fanning? conspiracy. Sorry. Oh my god. Well, fucking, we talked about Soleimani. What we're gonna do? Is we're just gonna throw out some events. Yeah, what you know, else? Everybody, Alex. Uh, uh, well, there was a plague. There was a plague that happened. There was a bunch of stuff that happened before the plague. Uh, what like was some funny stuff? Yeah, what what happened in February? Uh, people were all up on Kobe being dead. People were mm -hmm. pretty fixated on Kobe being dead for pretty much all. Kobe of died. It was a very sad moment. Were there any deaths that were as impactful as Kobe? Not I'll be honest, I didn't even remember that Kobe Bryant died until you all just started saying Kobe, and I assumed that that's who you're talking about. Well, it, yeah. That was all people did, at least in New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a gay Canadian. We don't, we don't basketball. Wait, did, uh, I remember something that happened. Schitt's Creek won six or seven Emmys. Yeah, Schitt's Creek became yeah. the show of popularity. Oh, I, that's weird. I, I've often said that Shit's Creek is, you know, it, it fulfills the gay fantasy of being in the country and not fearing for your life. 
Um, <laughs> I once worked for a professor that said I dress like Dan Levy, and I didn't know if it was a compliment or not. <laughs> it's very close to Toronto. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You ever go to there? You ever go to the place? In no, the but it's a, huge, no. it's a huge tourist trap now. Yeah. Have any of y'all watched Schitt's Creek? Has the panel watched Schitt's Creek? No. What are your impressions of it based on... Dan, what are your impressions of Schitt's Creek based on your very limited <laughs> associations with it? My mother loves it. Of course, it's for mothers. My, my <laughs> grandmother and my mother bonded over it during quarantine, and it's all I heard about. That's so that funny. Saved their life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they haven't watched a second of it. Oh it my saved, god! It saved my mother's life, apparently. <laughs> what, she said that. Eugene, she literally said that. Is is Eugene Le Levy Levy in this? Yeah, <laughs> that's how I imagine this show. Uh, well, it's uh, boring. Well, that's cute. If it's about like Pennsylvania or something. No, well, <laughs> I, they don't tell the show. You tell you where the show is set, but they, a rich family eventually becomes redeemed when they integrate with the townsfolk of a small, presumably Ontario town. And you get to know these quirky characters over the course of six seasons. And Dan Levy is funny because he's a high-strung gay person. Well, and I'm Catherine O'Hara is the real star. She is the real star. And she's always she a treat. Yeah, she says oh. baby in it and people like that. <laughs> I served <laughs> Catherine O'Hara a euro, a pork euro in 2012 and that's my claim to fame. Hell yeah. <laughs> Until you got pegged by Dakota Fanning. Now that's your claim to fame. <laughs> and, that's a... how, and that's how COVID came to America. <laughs> that's how we did. <laughs> Framer is patient one. <laughs> I made ice cream for Emma Stone. Whoa. Was, it at a, was it at a Cold Stone Creamery? No, that would have been good. I thought that she would have been. I thought she was Lindsay Lohan the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and I once sat next to Sarah Jessica Parker at a play. And Adam Shankman. And oh, Adam Shankman, and I offered them things? weed, and they did. Oh my God! You, you spoke to them? Well, <laughs> no, they wouldn't uh, smoke with us. But oh, no, I said yeah. you spoke to them. You spoke to them. Yeah. Wow. I asked them if they wanted some weed. <laughs> smoke weed with them. <laughs> oh. What else Good happened? There was the, the, the impeachment hearings happened this year. Yeah. And then nothing, you know why that's not newsworthy? Because nothing happened. It was just yeah. a big procedural nothing. Yeah, it's not news. It was. It's the principle of it, though. Wait. Well, everyone's <laughs> going to get impeached now. That's Bef the theory. Before we move on past Shits Creek, I have to mention that my mom is the kind of person who runs out of like stuff on netflix mm -hmm. but like she like finishes netflix she's like oh i'm all done with netflix this month i have to wait for new shit like she <laughs> watches everything and then mm -hmm. she watched shit's creek for like five episodes and like was bored out of her mind <laughs> <laughs> like she has finished everything that netflix has offered but could not stand shit's creek <laughs> Shit's Creek well, one is... mom's trash is another mom's treasure. 
Okay, I just formulated an idea about Schitt's Creek that I think, because it really is the apotheosis of a genre of Canadian television that I like to call shit doesn't happen in a small town television, but there's like some quirky characters. And this genre is very, it's like we got Corner Gas, we had Little Mosque on the Prairie. That was an actual show. You can look it up. It was weirdly popular. Wow. Um, Little Mosque on the Prairie? Holy Little Mosque shit. on the Prairie. You guys yeah. haven't heard of Little Mosque on the Prairie? Greatest Canadian export since Avril Lavigne? <laughs> Holy shit. I have to get on this. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, it's this very... And in Canadian theater, Jay, you'll attest to this. Canadian theater is full of that slice of life bullshit, right? Yes, it's annoying. Jay, can you elaborate on the slice of life bullshit in Canadian theater? Well, the thing is, it started, it's because Canada is extremely boring in a lot of ways, but, you know, Canadian theater really kind of began, uh, well, in the 70s, because before then everyone just wanted British shit, and then they were like, oh, there's these white people, they live in a kitchen, and they're, they hate each other. And then, you know, once, you know, certain sort of more margin marginal voices got brought into the art, they kind of got shit, shifted into that template. We're like, no, no, don't say anything interesting about yourselves. Make yourselves as boring and milquetoast as all of the white people in Alberta. And that's why we now have a great queer and multiracial tradition of really boring kitchen sink realism in uh, Canadian theater. Yeah. Imagine like Mike Lee, but all the character taken out of it. <laughs> uh, and that directly translates to Corner Gas and then evolves into the ultimate version of that, which is Schitt's Creek. But I think it's amazing that that show is resonating with Americans so hard because it is sort of like the ultimate comfort food in a way. It's like, it is like we're going back to nature. We're going in the Canadian rural wilderness, but it's instead of people being rednecks, they're actually weirdly tolerant. And so it is this sort of fantasy version of this rural bubble that I think people aspire to be in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's gentrification phase three. It's, it's, was what, it's like, okay, this, we've already sent out our sons and daughters to go live in this area and gentrify it for us. And now we're retiring here. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right, because eventually they do end up gentrifying the town. That's you without I think the town's already it. been gentrified. That's there cool. you go. And then now the purpose has been fulfilled. Yes. To be a place for old people to live. Yes. But that's well, really what my mother did during the quarantine. It's probably <laughs> why she identified so well with Schitt's Creek. Mm -hmm. She moved upstate to upstate New York where she could be more comfortable near her son, who was oh. there before her. Mm -hmm. And then it Dan. got too boring. Dan, you're the Dan of this show. Yeah. I mean, you're the David of this show. I, I, you're David. I, I don't know fucking Shit's Creek. It sucks. It <laughs> fucking sucks, all right? It's like The Office. It just fucking sucks. It's but average. The Office is good. good. The Office is great. <laughs> yeah, The Office ah. is good, though. Turns out. Nah, I'm taking the I'm I, Shit's Creek over Office for me. Oh man, I got <laughs> no, because the Office is like fuck. No, because all of Michael Schur's shows are work will set you free. The, the right, but Shit's Creek's is... general premise is that these people are terrible. So like, it's you're laughing at like with the Office, it's like work will set you free, and also these people are supposed to be redeemable, even though they're kind of the worst, but they're not played up as the worst. Whereas this, like, the joke behind Shit's Creek every single time is 
rich people are terrible and we should eat them. But they eventually get redeemed, so it's all bullshit in the end. Eugene Levy is rich. They're all rich. Is he? Yeah. I mean, we can't say, maybe if it were more upfront about it, it's like, rich people are fine. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Uh, wait, what were we, so we went on to Kobe. We we missed the whole yeah. Kobe tangent. <laughs> well, if you see my Zoom background, this is a big part of 2020. Yeah, I was gonna say we skipped that too. Tiger King. Bro, Tiger well, that, that King. was that was post COVID though. It was right in the right in the edge. It's funny when you look at the the Wikipedia. It's just it goes from things happening to then just things being postponed. <laughs> postponed. Everything is postponed, and then yeah, Tiger King happens. Okay, here's here's a question for the group: Do you guys think that Tiger King would have been as successful if not for people being stuck at home in quarantine all of a sudden? Absolutely not. No, no. I think I think it would have been. I think it would have been just as successful. People okay. are going to talk about it like at work more. <laughs> Probably a little bit, a little bit less successful. Just a little bit less successful. If, uh, well, yeah, because there's always those people with the Netflix where they're like, I'm not watching what everybody's watching, but COVID took that away. You fucking watched it. <laughs> you had to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like they released it at a really savvy time where this was like maybe a week or two into just like everyone being home and trying to like adjust to the new quarantine life where they couldn't see their friends or anything and i don't know i actually wonder like what netflix's numbers for that period were like i'm sure they shot way up yeah same with like there's a schadenfreude Switch. part to it too where it's kind of like everyone was like somebody's worse than us <laughs> somebody's got it worse than we got it i'm at home yeah. but this guy's weird I think it's just a classic thing of uh, wanting to hate the rural poor and then finding the most egregious example of such in order to hate the rural poor. Even though Tiger King, he's not, he's not a poor guy, but he's like emblematic of the hallmarks of that culture. So, um, and everyone likes to laugh at rednecks, you know? We hate them. They're Joe Dirt, right? <laughs> you know, they fucking suck. Right? Uh, we are smug coastal types. We gain a lot of pleasure uh, from their derision. And I think Tiger King is, it's like if they made a show about Jessica Yaniv uh, and said, this is a show, you know, and, and people were just, uh, you know, cursing at this trans person uh, and saying that this is emblematic of all trans people. I don't know. I, I have some problems with Tiger. Tiger King made me feel bad for some reason. It just made me feel bad on the inside. Like, there's no point in me watching this. It made me feel, like, bad, like, accessing the leaked photos of Jennifer Lawrence nude made me feel bad. It's like, why am I watching? This is bad. I shouldn't be watching this. I mean, it is a little exploitative, I'd say. Yeah. Which is maybe why you felt bad. Yeah. We, couldn't, we couldn't finish it. Kit wouldn't let us finish it. <laughs> kid is smart kid yeah. did the right thing this is bad for your soul don't watch this oh. since you said do the right thing we had the whole we had the whole BLM thing happen oh right no, that was event. So uh, the whole BLM thing I mean uh, George Floyd was really the kickoff of that when was George Floyd 
George Floyd what happened in April? was April. Yeah. So, man, I mean, it, th this is the weird pattern. Is it just like there becomes, I wonder if we're just going to see uprisings. I shouldn't say uprising. That's the fucking wrong word for it. But we will see mass demonstration in action every three years when a particularly egregious case happens. Because George Floyd, that stuff happens every day. But for some reason, some, some things really take root. I mean, for George Floyd, is that video. Like, it's impossible to watch that video and, like, be like, oh, this is... You can't, you can't watch that video and be like, we should destroy all cops. It's clear to me that we should murder all of these guys. Mm -hmm. I didn't say that. These is a joke for purposes. Don't take that seriously. Uh, but, okay, so but I, let's be cynical about this for a second, right? Because I actually think that a lot of these protests have, you know, almost a Tiger King effect as well, where it's like, listen, it's all a good cause, but everyone was locked up. Nobody had anything to do. The weather finally got good enough to go outside. Everyone was pissed. Like, do I don't, you know, most people weren't at their jobs. Like, they didn't have to go in at, you know, nine to five. Like, that. I'm not, you know... I think there is sort of, you know, I guess one of the positives, material positives of COVID is that it gave people enough time to actually, you know, not have the boot on their neck to actually protest. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree that there Did, are people who were more outraged than they would have been uh, had they had less distractions. Well, and actually, like, people who gave up. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say more outraged, but, like, more free to actually express as opposed to, like, more outraged. Like, yeah. because there's a lot of times when you're outraged and you're like, I can't afford to like not to go not to go to work and like go protest, but you're like, okay, I I can actually like stand up for something I believe because I like my work is literally canceled. But mm -hmm. also like did any of you see that Ubisoft game? That Ubisoft made a mobile game where you had to like you you basically played as special forces trying to uh uh, control. I'm heavily finger quoting because this is a, a this is going to be recorded. But you had to curb a street uprising, and the the uprising was like very vague. But the emblem for it was a raised fist, oh and Ubisoft lit, Ubisoft literally made a mobile game. Like I think this was like two months after. And it was a huge, like, I mean, I'm bigger into game news that, like, some of you might be. But, yeah, that was a huge, that was a huge thing that, like, Ubisoft made a mobile game where you had to, like, literally curb a national uprising are you, under, like... You're, like, a unit? Or are you... Yeah, yeah, you're, like, you're, like, in, a, like, a SWAT kind of team and you have to curb, like, a people's uprising that literally has a fist as their... That's um, pretty impressive. Oh, my God. Well, Ubisoft is a French company, right? Ubisoft is like, I don't know if any, like Ubisoft is like one of the worst ones, yeah. yeah. Ubisoft is the one with all the sexual harassment lawsuits. Yes, it's a, French, it's a French company, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Well, we also know yeah. the French are really bad at corralling protesters and, you know, treating yeah. them really kindly. I, I like the idea of like a bunch of like French guys in high vis vests protesting, you know, like cluck clucking the American protests on TV. So so disorganized. Now let us go back and uh, worship Marine Le Pen. She has all the right ideas. Uh, no, a lot of the French protest guys are good. 
sometimes. I don't know. It's a very strange country. No, that France I don't is a understand. great contradiction because they have like the yellow vests were both fascist and, and communist, and they just both liked wearing yellow vests and went on strike at the same time. And that was the mm -hmm. only thing connecting them. Yep. I mean, yeah. I like yellow vests. <laughs> Who doesn't like yellow vests? I mean, come on. High vis. Like color. It's a good look. That oh was, my God. They were taking over all the toll stations. It was really cool. They took over all the toll stations. So they, they weren't just they, the people working at toll booths. Wearing they were them. able to stop movement throughout the whole country of like trucks. And then they would go around and smash windows of banks. I was in France for a brief period while they were happening in Toulouse and everything was smashed. It was crazy. Walk around like every, like a down, imagine a downtown area, every window smashed in. Uh, and that's pretty cool. I mean, speaking of pre-COVID shit, the uh, those massive uh, blockades on the railroads in Canada by the uh, oh, uh, yeah. water protectors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Now that we're talking BLM, there's a whole bunch, like a whole bunch of indigenous protests, like throughout all year. The Mi'kmaq. Yeah, the Mi'kmaq protest, the lobster, we had Jay on for that. Uh, 1492 Land Back Lane was this year as well. Oh, yeah. There were like six at the same time, I remember, yeah. at one point. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, as we said before on this show, you know, the, we, take the, we take the Max Weber approach that a state is just a monopoly on the legitimate use of force. And when a state is shown to be weak in that respect, when a... Uh, police force cannot be trusted. Uh, the will to create one's own sovereignty or to assert one's own sovereignty goes up. And I think that's what we're seeing. A uh, state becomes weak when their methods of force become anti-structural and, um, and unfettered. Yes. And there would say once you go from a repressive state apparatus, from an ideological state apparatus, you are becoming a less civilized dictatorship. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. I got a I got a question for the panel. Let's do a time. I'm not getting any haulers for Althusser. You got okay, <laughs> Frankfurt, you can you what, can what? Althusser can be your <laughs> <laughs> Althusser can be your time person of the year. Who is your time person of the year? Uh let's uh Ooh. Steve, who is your time who is your time person of the year? Is it Joe Biden slash Kamala Harris, the mon the Kamala Biden monster? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of something a little more interesting than that, but I think if we're going by, like, all the typical time person of the year... It can be, no, it's your person bullshit. of the year. The, the, who is your person of the year, though? Who's my Not person the objective of the year. person of the year. Uh, let's see. I, I mean, my... Not very interesting answer would be Sean Marks, which that's an interesting answer because it's I don't know who that is. Who is Sean Marks? <laughs> Sean, I'll, I'll, who is that? I'll start explaining it and you'll see why it's a boring answer. So Sean Marks is the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. This is and, super interesting. I'm into this already. Yeah, so he's the he's the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, and when they first moved to Brooklyn in I think 2013, 14, 15, or like around that time, he traded pretty much the team's entirety, the entirety of the team's draft picks for the next five years, along with their young play, uh, some of their young players for 
Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and I think Joe Johnson, who are all old and very much past their prime. And he did it to get a quick title run, which didn't really work out. And they were pretty terrible for the next five years or so. And they didn't have any draft picks, so they just kept being terrible. And then Mm -hmm. they got this GM from New Zealand, Sean Marks, who more or less just turned the team around and draft and, you know, pulled some weird shit to get some draft picks and drafted some decent young Wait, guys. He's from New Zealand. He's a New Zealand basketball guy. This is he, incredible. He is a, he's a, he's a New Zealand <laughs> basketball. He is, he is a genius. He is a prodigy. And it basically and all his culminated. his name is Marks? Sean Marks. Yep. And like Carl Marks, but Sean Marks. Yeah, sure. You could think of it like okay. that. Okay. <laughs> um, but it culminated last year in him uh, getting Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who are two of the best players in the league, and convincing them to come on over. And they've played a couple games of the season so far, and they're they're looking like the team to beat. So they went from zeros to heroes. It's the New Zealand accent. It's disarming. Kevin, Kevin, you go to come over to Brooklyn. Cool treat, you right. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's it's really, one. it's really fascinating though. Just like watching like YouTube videos and like reading all these articles, just talking about like all the business behind basketball and just like making the trades and constructing your team. And oh yeah, I think like before you, Alex, you've kind of likened it to sort of like playing like a card game and constructing your deck. Yeah, it's you activate your trap. Oh, look, I've activated my trap card. It's Serge Ibaka. Take that. Take that. He he can he can block well. I don't I don't know. I follow some rappers. <laughs> I would tap Serge Ibaka's bet. Who's who do we lost Giannis and to uh, Kempo? Is that his name? I forget. I forget his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Toronto has basketball legacy, and we lose all of the guys that we support. Because they're ungrateful and they don't want to live in Canada for very legitimate reasons. Uh, <laughs> that's a good person of the year. That's a good Steve's person of the year. Uh, who's next? And the uh, 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 Jay, who is your person of the year? Me? Yeah. Mm, uh, I guess I'm going to go with Avo Morales. Avo Morel, good choice. He's my guy. M-A-S. He's got- M-A-S. Yeah, he, did, he, had a, he had a good run. He's got excellent hair. He and I mean, I, always, I respect a, a, an older man with a strong hairline. That's how you yeah. know you should be running a political movement. It's like right down to his eyebrows. It's like he's got no forehead at all. He's like the opposite of Christina Ricci or Mina <laughs> Suvari. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, yeah he'd make a terrible drag uh, queen. That's like for the one thing Mina Suvari's known for. <laughs> <laughs> forehead lady. Hey, forehead lady, get over here. I haven't, thought about her. I haven't thought about her since the last time I thought about someone with a big forehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have a small four-headed man in Ava Morales. Why, why Ava Morales, Jeff? Well, you know, he was, uh, I guess he was just in the spotlight, I guess, a lot 
because of the whole attempted and failed coup over there. And then just the fact that, you know, he is no longer the president, but, you know, the movement that he started is, you know, really from the ground, you know, ground up and kind of has been a part of for a long time. It showed that it has institutional resiliency uh, to the point that it just it won even more than it's ever won uh, before. And, uh, you know, good to see a, you know, Indigenous-led political movement have uh, some success in a year that's been politically terrible. Uh, was, was the fucking... Yeah, the coup was this year as well. Damn. Yeah, it was last year. The Venezuelan coup? Um, no, Bolivia. that was this year in... in, uh, in no, Bolivia, but I'm talking okay. about general in South America. Uh, this was the year that the uh, the Venezuelan dissidents and the private military corporation oh, yeah. infiltrated Venezuela to get Maduro out, and that was unsuccessful. As oh, well. the boat guys! Yeah, yeah the boat that guys. Was, that, that was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy thing that we everyone forgot about this year. And then Elon Musk was all like, "We will coup whoever we want for lithium." Oh no, he wanted to coup Bolivia for lithium. Wait. Uh. <laughs> That's going to be a great movie one day. <laughs> it's just Avatar, but in Bolivia. Yeah. And Elon Musk is trying to get all the, the lithium. Boat, the boat heist. Oh, the boat heist. Oh, yeah. that would be great. Oh, my God. What? Wait, what was that boat heist? Summarize the boat heist again. I got to look it up. It was, it was the one in Venezuela. We sent, we, there was like a high-speed boat involved. The guys that got involved. caught. Yeah, they got caught up. Immediately. Yeah. But it was like a cigarette boat and a bunch of, you know, Navy SEALs. There's so a it was like them an... all on the ground and one of them peed himself. What? So this was like a Michael Mann Miami Vice sort of deal? Except yeah. one of them peed himself? Yeah, well, then when they got caught, one of them peed himself because he was going to probably, they were probably like, we're going to go put hot, hot irons on you or something, lock you in the dungeon. And then they were like, look, he peed himself. Let's tell everyone. <laughs> I mean, it really doesn't help when you're getting your balls electrocuted to pee yourself. It's actually, it's, it's, it goes against your best Bad couple of years for South American coups. We can, it, it doesn't work like it did in the 70s anymore. The magic is gone. Yeah, the internet is ruining everything. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bolivia happened last year, right? I think you're right. Uh, he was voted out by Ginny. Yeah, Ginny the coup Inez. happened last year, but the successful. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. There, when that crazy lady to... went in, it was like, "I am now the president." The Bible is back, baby. <laughs> the Bible is back in Bolivia. No more of this fucking uh, Mixteco bullshit. We're white again. And uh, then she was disposed by all the all the indigenous people, and it was good. It was nice. It was a good thing in a bad year. That was a good thing in a bad year. Uh, Kramer, who's your time person of the year? Who's Kramer's person of the year? Hmm. Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> I, I I want everyone who doesn't know me to know that, like, when I went on this. When I went on this like very podcast the last time, we just bitched about Charlie Kaufman for about like fifty minutes straight. So that is not a real answer. Michaela okay. Cole was really cool this year. I don't know. Oh, the, from uh, from uh, not I think you should leave from I may destroy you. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, that show is is horrifying and really good. Michaela Cole. Uh, Michaela, no, but that that's not my. I mean, like I really like Michaela Cole, but like I don't know, like this year was like kind of like Bong Joon Ho's year. Mm, yeah, good answer. Parasite that came out this that came out last year, but it won the Oscar this year and was yeah, very yeah. relevant this year. This year he uh, was pretty big and and like I went back and watched everything I hadn't watched by him and a lot of a lot more like new wave Korean cinema. And it's, yeah, like, it's pretty cool like how like political they are anyway. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bong Joon Ho was a member of the Korean Socialist Party, wasn't he? I don't know. And other and if we're gonna like pick, actually, if we're gonna pick a Canadian person, Eden Robinson had a good year with Trickster. Okay, you got one. You got to choose one, Craig. You don't have to choose one. Then. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you can choose multiple. So Bong Joon Ho, uh, what was the best Bong Joon Ho movie that you that you'd never seen before? I, what's the best one? I really like Memories of Murder, but I had watched it before. Like that's the first thing I watched by him. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one. That's really cool. I mean, like, I really like Parasite, even though it's not cool to like it anymore because it won an Oscar. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's not cool anymore. But it's like, it's really great. No, it's, but, well, Parasite's amazing. It's a universally beloved art movie. And I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that happen before. The thing is, like, no, actually, like, the thing is, that's very emblematic of Korean cinema that they are very simul, like, it's, I don't know. It, it is a good and a bad thing because it makes the Korean new wave very samey, like cross like auteurs. But the Koreans, like the new wave of Korean cinema is like, first of all, it's very like, it's very like 50s. Uh, it gets very different from like, like European auteur cinema because Korean cinema is still very like, like 50s Hollywood that it's very, uh, it's very company driven. And, like, everyone else is very, like, it's not that they're, like, sidelined, but they're not as, you know, involved as an auteur as in, like, for example, like, Italy. So, like, the companies still hold a lot of power over the authorship of every film. So it makes, but it's it's very emblematic of the Korean New Wave where there are very entertaining art films. Like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of those. They, especially, like, in the last 10 years, it's even more. It started in the 2000, like 90s and 2000s, but especially in the 2010s, like, that, like, blew up. Where There are all these, like, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour films that are actually very engaging and very, like... Their art, like, they're, like, very in-between art house and, like, mainstream. Mm-hmm. They please... Well, yeah. kinda, they kind of please both. That's the thing is I could recommend Parasite to a lot of like normies because uh, because yeah it's very engaging it's easy to sympathize with the characters you don't even know you're absorbing a nuanced political commentary while you're watching it because it just functions as like a kind of like a heisty thrillery kind of movie about this family uh, and so, yeah, I think the fact that uh, Bong Joon-ho did win the Oscar is very significant uh, for what people expect out of mainstream cinema. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's uh, another another surprisingly good thing to come out of 2020. Huh. Uh, that was the last movie I saw in a theater. That's a good last movie. The last movie I saw was The Hunt, which was pretty good, actually. Another class warfare movie. Wait, The Hunt? Like the Danish one? No, the one with Betty Gilpin, where she's... Man, I fucking love Betty Gilpin. I'm just going to say that right here. Huge Betty Gilpin fan. She should have been Captain Marvel. Brie Larson was wrong for that part. And also that movie is terrible. That would have been awesome casting. Yeah. And she could already fight, because we've all watched Glow. Yeah, because Captain Marvel is like, you're supposed to be able to break a chair over her. Like, if I break a chair over Brie Larson, I'm sorry, she's going to the ground, you know. (laughs) Oh, bold claim. (laughs) I bet she's probably stronger than you. No, she's definitely stronger than me. She's definitely much fitter than me. She could beat me up. But I'm just (laughs) saying, if I had a chair, she'd go down, you know. I think Betty Gilpin could, like, take a chair over the back. Oh, okay. Who is Captain Marvel? Uh, Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers. Who is? I don't know who that is. But anyway, Alex, who's your person? Remember the '90s X-Men cartoon? No. When Rogue could fly? Yeah. (laughs) No. She took that from Betty Gilpin. She took it from Betty. The rightful man. If they made a Ms. Marvel with Betty Gilpin, that's a good way to course correct that shitty character. My person of the year Mm -hmm. is obviously Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) <laughs> the greatest run of all time. Yeah. Uh, the Good fucking answer. Yeah, the fucking hair dye leaking from his fucking head. The fucking, uh, just the farting at the hearing. The crazy lady Today, that he took next to him. Today, I, I mean, the Four Seasons thing is probably the funniest thing that's The Four Seasons happened. thing? I, I didn't even <laughs> forgot about that one. That one was incredible. <laughs> Oh, the racist South Asian lady? Yeah! That shit's incredible. Um, What else? That whole, all that footage of him wiping himself when at the RNC. uh, (laughs) He got COVID. He had COVID and was sitting next to someone and tried to get them to take their mask off. (laughs) (laughs) While While being spat on by the man with COVID. Yeah, just a legendary run of buffoonery. Like, more so, like, Donald Trump wishes, like, he could be that much of a buffoon. Also, like, hands down funniest meme of this year was that meme that was the Four Seasons thing, and it said, on the next episode of Arrested Development, and I, (laughs) that, that is the absolute best meme of this year. I still, like, Hands down, best meme. Oh, oh sidebar, good. what is the meme of the year? <laughs> I, I don't know any good memes. I don't know memes. I can't remember any. I, I only like the old memes. I'm... I think my favorite meme of the year was there is a classic WWF Attitude Era uh, match where mankind is wrestling The Rock for the WWF Championship. And all hell breaks loose as things tend to do. And Stone Cold kind of busts in and smacks a chair over the rock's head and pulls mankind onto the rock. And he ends up winning the championship. So the best meme of the year, I thought, was uh, the rock had Donald Trump's face on it and mankind had Joe Biden's face on it. 
and then all the red states were like interfering and trying to fuck with them and then some blue states kind of dove into the ring and started beating up the red states and then um gritty the philly mascot <laughs> guy comes in uh plastered over steve austin's face and smacks donald trump over the head with the chair yeah, there were there were a lot of those. I the one that I remember is the Avengers Endgame one where they they plastered everybody's face onto the final scene where all the superheroes are coming out, and it was really post apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, wait, I guess any the... favorite? Wait, hold on. Wait, what did you say, Kramer? No, no, no. no. Let 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 Jay speak. No, no. I mean, I was just gonna say the. I guess the queer opposite to that would be any of the Jan sports blinking uh, at 2020 memes. That might be the most re-memed thing I've seen in the internet. Mm-hmm. Good old Jan from the increasingly terrible RuPaul's Drag Race. I was still <laughs> gonna watch all five new seasons. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna watch RuPaul Thailand. Gonna watch RuPaul UK. Gonna watch RuPaul Jamaica. That one's dangerous. Gonna watch RuPaul. <laughs> uh, RuPaul Spain is coming. Oh, hell yeah. I'm gonna watch that shit too. Bunch of catty Latinx. <laughs> People from Spain are Latinx. You just missed your <laughs> chance to make the catty land joke. Uh, <laughs> Dan, who is your person of the year? Oh, shit. You're on the spot now. It's hard. I, I don't have an answer still, Dan. So. Well, you, you're the next one coming bunch, up. I, got, I mean, I can do my obvious to go with my, uh, my, my episode, Trey Anastasio, our friend. Why are you Trey Anastasio as opposed to all, all right. the other started, fish members? Started the year in Madison Square Garden, stuck on a broken uh, platform that was levitated above uh, the stage and, and tilted with with all of his gear on it and and couldn't be let down and had to wait for the show to be over to be let down by a bunch of people. He released three at records whilst locked in his apartment. First person to play on a late night TV show live with the Roots, our friends, and then played at those Beacon, an empty Beacon Theater and raised over a million dollars for a drug treatment center. I and have to say, overall he, funny guy. Overall great, and where he's also it's been putting out all, these. All the records are bad that he made, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they're putting out old covers. They're putting out old dad fish covers of their yeah. old fish songs on yeah. YouTube, and I really love these. Actually, they're making me tear up. This is what I got turned yeah, on. All, it's like they all died. He acts <laughs> like they've all died, and now he gets to like be at their funeral. They've not. gone to Fish Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> to play never-ending solos. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, and if you guys have nothing to do on New Year's Eve, there's a five-hour Fish concert you can watch. And Hell yeah. Uh, nice. Is it being streamed, you mean? Free. It's free, and and they're they're doing a rematch. They used to play chess against the audience over the course of a tour. Like they, The audience would vote on a on a chess move and then they'd play it on a big board and so uh, on new year's it's going to be the same thing but with on the internet and you can like vote for a chess move and the band will play against you for a whole night 
Oh, man, they should do Fish Place Pokemon. Yeah, then they're going to play Pokemon Go. Yeah. No, no, but you remember Twitch Plays Pokemon? <laughs> no. So, uh, Twitch, just, they, they, uh, it was a experiment. Not really an experiment, just a stupid internet thing where in Twitch chat, people guided uh, the main character in Pokemon. It was very random, but they should get fish fans to get fish yeah. to play Pokemon. It would be like in that, that, in that fashion. Everyone's 45 and on LSD. <laughs> Kids oh, no. Dying in a corner. Yeah. And um, fish I, are doing I, covers yeah, and of playing, the Pokemon music. Underground covers. Uh, what about Andrew Cuomo, though? No one likes Andrew Cuomo? That would That's be my a mom. very that good person of the year. Person of the year. <laughs> and unfortunately, it might end up being the actual time person of the year, which is... No, they already did it. It was yeah. Biden, Biden Harris. It was, it was Joe Biden slash Kamala Harris. That's not a person. Was, yeah. <laughs> well... It doesn't mean the, anything anymore. Ever since the New York Times uh, decided to endorse Elizabeth Warren slash Amy Klobuchar, it became acceptable <laughs> for two two people can be one person. Well, that's a very bad person of the year. Well, wasn't there wasn't <laughs> there one year this? wasn't there one no, year where like the, wasn't there one year where the time person of the year was all of you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was in 2006 at the height of YouTube, at the height of early YouTube. Um, That's not no. Wasn't YouTube. that the Nobel Peace Prize? They gave the Nobel Peace Prize to all of Europe. Really? For <laughs> <laughs> money? For yeah, having that's... the longest amount of not having war with each other. <laughs> great job, us. Great job, white people. We did a really great job this this century. This time around, you know, <laughs> we have one half century good peace. <laughs> we have it in the it was just for like fifty years. <laughs> we really, we've really also Europe really good at not starting wars anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, we've offshored our wars and off. We really got it out of our system, you guys, and now we can just look forward to a very peaceful EU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got UK out there. They were troublemakers, UK, bigger troublemakers than Greece. And now, now we're going, we have a very special EU. This accent I'm doing is a European accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mainland. <laughs> yes, this is the mainland European Which accent. Which is now all that Europe is. <laughs> all of, Europe is now all mainland. There are it's no all island mainland. aspects no to I'm picking up on a little bit of a southern twang there, though. Now the thing to which you see is southern flying. That's because yeah, I'm from southern Switzerland. You're like <laughs> this is from the. Uh, it's because I'm from the swamp in Switzerland. It, uh, <laughs> we are known for also for our scrim. Greta Thunberg impression. <laughs> How dare you take my childhood away from me? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I love. I love. I love. Um, Thun Thunberg struck. We all love Thunberg Church. She's great. I had very easy to make fun of uh, because she's, she's autistic. <laughs> she's going to become an indie, indie rocker sensation. This is the new song that we're doing with Royce Cup. <laughs> you stole my childhood. <laughs> she was, wasn't she? She was a person. 
She wasn't. Uh, yeah. No, she was. She was. A, I don't think she. She was just around this year doing good stuff. But she wasn't a time person. That she, she was, was probably. I don't think she was person. Was she person of the year? No, for when twenty nineteen. I think she would have been if COVID hadn't happened. You mean this year was Thunberg's year? I think she was last year. Yeah, she, she was twenty nineteen's person of the year. Yeah. Wow, she did it. Congratulations, Greg. 2018 was the Guardian. Wait, when did that whole... <laughs> and then the one before that was was the Silence Breakers. So they've been doing a lot of plural person of the year. Yeah, well, because of the artifice of choosing a person of the year is dumb. Steven, who is your person of the year? Boris Johnson. What a, Boris What Bojo. an absolute, absolute champion. He's finally made a, a clean exit and it doesn't matter that we can't fish anymore. Bojo's <laughs> <laughs> a very good choice. Oh, what we a can't lad. fish anymore. We can't take boats either. We have to hop if we want. <laughs> we have to hop over. We have to take a plane. He canceled Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Brexit <laughs> is over. That. Christmas is over. The EU celebrates Christmas for us. <laughs> we shot Rupert the bear, and we are eating his legs right now. That's so, so true. <laughs> Brexit is, is done. The deal is done. He will probably be prime minister for another four years or whatever their term is, because he did it. And no one expected him to. It's a victory for the crazy people who want to go it alone over there in the UK. I wish I could visit, but apparently you guys are making insane different COVID uh, strains. So not going to mm. happen. Anyway, did any of y'all uh, see that whole Tory street fashion thing where <laughs> no. they had taken street? It, it was pretty cool. Like, I mean, it, it was like a whole comp compilation of Tories in the street with their like weird. We it's actually really cool. Like as a fashion, you know, they have very strange fashion, like every single one of them. All the Tories shot in the streets, just like walking with their weird suits and weird dresses. Yeah, they all look like they're wearing their parents' clothes, even though they're all 8,000-year-old lizards. Yeah. Mm. They look there like they're dressed by their parents. There was a great picture of young Republicans that came out on Twitter, I think during a, a protest in Michigan to stop the steal of the election. And... They also had that aspect of looking like they stole their parents' clothes, but their parents look like they worked in some kind of demented office building. Ooh, uh, there, but there is, uh, there is at least Nazi fashion, because fashion and fascism cross over. Look at Gavin McInnes, you know? That's his, whole, that's his whole bread and butter. Fashion is about selecting the groups of people who are in and the groups of people that are out. It is a natural in-group, uh, out-group creating society, which as Carl Schmidt would say, is necessary to create it, a sovereign. There was a very funny uh, part of this year when Laura Loomer won her, her primary. She won something. Mm -hmm. And at her acceptance speech was Gavin McGinnis and Milo Yiannopoulos and Roger Stone. <laughs> and they were all just totally blasted on just like drunk out of their minds and probably high on coke.
and I encourage you all to watch it because it's very. What, could you are are what they're seeing? But that's the thing about fashion audience. and like or fascists is. No, because fascists are, their thing is they're bad, but they're fun. Tories are boring. That's why Gavin McInnes <laughs> is hot and he does coke and he has a good time. And like, and Boris Johnson, yeah, I, I wouldn't go to his fucking weird wide eye shut party if you paid me, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying Gavin McInnes is a good guy, but who would I rather go to a party with? Who would I rather go shopping with? You know, that's the, you know, in any place that's more civilized than the United States, there is a strict style and aesthetic difference between their fascists and their Tories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like Doc Martens more than I like Spats. So I would, yeah, I'd have to become a jackbooted fascist as well. <laughs> no! No! I'm gonna what? stop this. This got confusing. I'm gonna be on my way. Yeah, where is that? So, this is a mostly Jewish panel. One of the audience. Did you know that in 2005, the person of the year was Bono, Bill Gates, and Melinda Gates? Why are they naming <laughs> multiples of people? And they got the Good Samaritans. Oh, man, were they? That's like a great thruple. <laughs> Melinda Gates, I'm going to eat your pussy while Bill watches. <laughs> Oh, Bono. Bono, Bono Pure <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like looking at this list, and it's weird how in 2011, the time person of the year was the protester. Yeah. And in 2014, it was Ebola fighters. Yeah. And they didn't, neither of those, well, I guess the Ebola fighters are now the Ebola fighters, whatever, are now the COVID fighters. And I'm surprised that this year wasn't like the year of the first responders. Or yeah, right? Like healthcare yeah. heroes. It's, it's Joe Biden. They got shafted. Harris. Well, because time is the, it's the lib media. It's the ultimate uh, I mean, centrist lib media. Return to normalcy. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was 2001. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you got to do like some 9-11 thing. But he didn't do anything. <laughs> That's not the point. Ben he Bernanke stopped 9 2009. They oh. just people who bear witness. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at least then they had like stand-ins for major events and they just didn't have the major event itself. Yes. Uh, like, I guess the protester. The protester. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg was the year before that. Wow. Well, have you guys seen how it's like Facebook versus Apple now? Yeah, I like Apple that it's are. Facebook versus Apple. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a war. We, you can pick a side. I'm on Apple's side. Yeah, I'm on Apple's side too. They got a gay leader. Is Google is Google with Facebook? Yeah, Google's on Facebook's side. Yeah, I guess I'm on Apple's side. See, yeah. I have. You're an Apple. All of my electronics are Google. Wait, what was that, Jay? What was the first thing you said? No, I'm a Google spider. Oh, man. No, oh, no. <clears throat> no, I just said y'all are Apple spiders. Yeah. <laughs> we are yeah, Apple spiders. my connection. Yeah. It's going to be Mad Max Fury Road, shiny and chrome, shiny and chrome. Pay tribute to the Apple. <laughs> you see the Apple car? The Apple car that's going to happen? Yeah. Hopefully Whoa. that's all there will be from now on. Just Apple cars? Yeah. It's like yeah, everyone gets an iCar. Hey, Apple Car is gonna. How much is it gonna cost? Eight, like 
30, no. Regular cars are like between 15 and 30,000. So an Apple car is going to, it's going to cost $500,000 and there will be no headphone jack. (laughs) Like there's no place to put gas in at all. Well, it's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. I think it's going to have a problem where the, the, the brakes just don't work and it just keeps speeding up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably going to be really it's probably going to be one of those like self-driving uh, yeah. doohickeys. So yeah, like Upgrade, like the movie Upgrade. If anyone's watching it, I've seen the movie Upgrade where the guy gets the technology and then who's controlling in the man or machine? We don't know. Mm. His but, car yes. just takes him to like a bad side of town, and he just. <laughs> <laughs> is that the movie that's like a video game? No, no. No? No, you're thinking of Hardcore Henry. Okay. Like the first person shooter movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or oh, Gamer okay. with Gerard Butler. The Apple car could be... When you said Apple car, I thought you meant that car that that worm drives in the busy world of Richard Scarry. And I thought that would be pretty dope <laughs> to just drive around to that all day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a way for Steve Jobs to remain sentient. <laughs> and he's going to be, be, be everyone's car. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just going to be the soothing voice of Steve Jobs as your GPS. Go yeah. left! Go left, Wait. you shitbag! What do I pay you for? <laughs> Wait, we're almost an hour in, and I feel something like really missing from all of you that I'm going to ask. Did any okay. of you at all, like, have or, like, at all interact with TikTok? Uh, no. I watched a lot of TikTok videos, but I didn't. I, I don't have the app. Oh. Yeah, I downloaded it and then got rid of it because it creeped me out. I thought, was well, it still, now. yeah, is it still banned? Or what's the deal with that? It's banned in the U.S. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're mostly U.S. people. Yeah, we can't even get it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just creepy videos of little girls. Seems like it. Well, the, the newest yeah. the newest trend that I saw and creeped me out was like teenagers, like girls, boys, posting several, like not just one, not just two, not three, like between seven to ten muck shots of their parents going to prison and rating them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like there's like a happy song playing and it's like like pointing to something like writing my dad's mug shots from like 2000 to like 2020 and it's like yeah and it's just like yeah it just amps up it's like din, 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 din. it's like one out of ten he has tooth missing because he got in a fight and then <laughs> And it's, it's a trend. Like, it's several people doing this with several. Like, I'm talking seven-plus pictures of their parents going to prison. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean for the future? Are the young people going to lock us all up? Uh, no, but I mean, if you me. think about it, like, you know, as a 30-something, I would read that as an interesting listicle, just seeing people's, like, mugshots throughout time. So I don't think our interests are that different. It's really just the delivery system. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be interested to see if people got hotter over the course of their mugshots. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, because usually it's the opposite. But, you know. Well, uh, well the thing is that 
almost this is like an you know like you never know what's a part of a subculture but a part of this specific subculture is that every single one of these people going to prison are meth heads mm-hmm. so or crackheads i are, are these even like are these even offensive to say i have no idea is meth, meth head or meth, crackhead yeah. i'm sure there's someone takes people offense like meth people and crack people well, cra- cra- <laughs> mm. crack people. A person <laughs> who does crack. People who like people who enjoy smoking their narcotics. Yes. Krakenvolka. Krakenloita. Crackhead's not... Crackhead shouldn't be a bad word, but I feel like whenever I see a person who's very bigoted, they will say, like, crackhead really derisively. So it's like, yeah. eh. That, those but, fucking crackheads out on the street there. Yeah, when... When I went to uh, Niagara, there was this, like, couple from Portland, and they're like, hey, how's, like, Parkdale? Like, I was just talking to them. I'm like, yeah, I live in Parkdale. They're like, oh, how's life in Parkdale? I'm like, we have a lot of, like, very friendly crackheads, and they did not speak to me again until the end of that trip. Ah. <laughs> which is the, the truth. Wheels. Which is the truth of Parkdale. Parkdale has the most, like the most like lively and personable crackheads of the whole city of like Toronto. Like they're so nice. I I can attest to that because uh, my neighborhood's crackheads, not so nice. <laughs> oh no, what happened? Tell us what happened. Oh, nothing happened. Yeah, tell us. Well, actually, well, one time actually I was walking down the street and I walk a little weird and a guy confronted me and he- Yeah, you do walk uh, weird. I, I do. And he asked, hey, man, why do you... He got right up in front of me. Hey, man, why do you walk so funny? Why do you walk so funny? And his friend on the bench just said, because he's a faggot. <gasps> and then I moved on. Uh. <laughs> that that was only one time. And I've been called a faggot many times before. Mostly by people yelling it out of pickup trucks. Yeah, those pickup uh, truck guys suck. Those are the worst guys. A lot of those guys. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, I know you have a pickup truck... You don't have a bad one, though. My truck broke. I, oh, good. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't yell fags at me anymore, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, I haven't been called a faggot that many times, but what I have been called many times is gringo. Gringo. And, and like, and me with, like, this skin with these, like, and everyone, like, I have been called many, many times a gringo. Hmm. What in wow. Canada? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Toronto. In Toronto, I have been called a gringo many, many times. Wait, it's is that because you work in kitchens? N- no, I just like on the street. I just was called a gringo. A gringo by like by... A, a, a a Spanish person? Yes, yes. <laughs> but you you you're from Canada, but you're not. What? <laughs> I I don't understand it either. That's what. Like that's the whole point of it being anecdote worthy. Wait, so what's what's <laughs> the context? <laughs> Wait, so what's the context of you getting called a gringo? Is that were they just like driving around in a, a pickup truck? Yeah, like just like ra- random Latin ex people just walking around and just like being like, "Hey, watch yourself, gringo," or like this or that, gringo. And yeah, it's happened more than once. Yes, yes, by different people. That's very, that's odd. That's very bizarre. But whatever. I don't like particular, did you take offense? No, I really like it because it's so strange. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that is a very strange thing. Gringo. I wasn't even called that when I was in in El Salvador, and I was a gringo, man. That was like I have never. I have never been called a like Middle Eastern slur in my life, but I have been called a gringo many times. <laughs> that's good. That's Canada, baby. That's why everyone likes shit's crazy. You're like that's, that's a very the type Toronto of thing. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh yeah, it'd be a great place to be. Toronto is a great place to great be. Great place to be. I will, I'll rep the six. We're six right now. We chose six people. We actually chose people, all of them male. And we're all male here because we're good. <laughs> Dudes rock. And we have not had a female, we've not had a lady guest on yet. Mm. Alex, you booked the guests. I just want to know. Say. You I are know. the guest booker. <laughs> I know. I'm bad. That's our, that's our New Year's resolution. We will have one female guest on 2021. Mm. One stands for one female guest. Yeah, the, there was a new podcast this year. Ooh, that's a th- that's a topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, the House of Decline started this year. What? You guys want to tell your origin story? Oh, origin story. Yeah, everyone else had podcasts, and we both like come down, and we thought, hey, mm-hmm. we could do that. It's, but I, I, that's what I sort of like about this new podcasting generation, and especially. Let me just gush about the influence of come down. It's sort of like um, <laughs> it's, gush about it's gush about come. Let me gush about come town. You can gush in my come town. I'll gush in your come town. Uh, fucking, it's very much. It reminds me of the Manchester Free Trade Hall show. You know, the one the show in Manchester that everyone went to, and then everyone started a punk band after. But it's very much this um, podcasting is this strange and sort of easy and reliable way to be weirdly creative. And I think that's something that people need in their life. Uh, and, you know, I really like doing it over the past year. And I love you, Stephen, for oh, being thanks. my podcast part. I so that I would like to talk about the origin of, of House of Decline because it's been very nice. And I like podcasting, and I'll do it even if our viewers never uh, exceed 100 or 50, or 25, or however many people we have. I think 13. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's pretty I good, though. I think my dad like, listened to one episode. Your dad is cool. We'll send him a mug. And what did you say? I listen to every episode. Wow. I well, but I listen wow. to them on while I work. I've... And I even pause them when I need to. Ah, oh, that's nice to get the juicy content. I've fallen back a few. I have. I listened. Uh, I'm not okay. I'm gonna be an absolute dick here, and I'm gonna say I listened to every episode until the one I came on, and then I didn't listen. <laughs> but that was that was accidental. It's because I stopped playing as much video games, which is when I would listen to this. Yes. I can't listen to video or uh, to podcasts while I play video games. Right. Oh, you want to hear the audio of the video game? It's one too many things. <laughs> I just I'm like, ah. See, I can't listen to podcasts sitting down, which is why I think I said this on the episode I was on, where it's like the, the weirdest thing is because the last person I associate with any kind of exercise is Alex, but I always mm-hmm. end up listening to it while I'm either like running or working out. 
And I'm like, this is not the most high energy, like, this is not Chromatica, but, you know, once a week. <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to work in more, we're going to work in more trance beats into more, more happy hardcore beats into House of the Clan. Start right now. No, oh, I don't want to, we're not using the good mics. <laughs> the theme song in double time and half pretty impressive hold on dan you're you're breaking up you're breaking up dan oh shit you're really quiet you're really quiet you're quiet that's okay we'll fix it we'll come back to dan come back to dan he'll solve this problem daniel i'm from norway so it's gonna be a lot of fun Uh, you know, you know when you're in Norway and you can get rid of uh, the whole Brexiteers. You know, no more, uh, no more terrible uh, freaking Englanders coming over here and waving their dicks at our beautiful Norwegian women. You know, it's like for a while it was reverse Vikings, where the UK people would come over to Oslo and you know they'd whip out their dicks and say, you know, where's all your steak and kidney pie? because they were ruthless. But now, because of Brexit, none of those guys anymore. Norway also was never part of the European Union, so it was never actual problem. You know you know that whole, like, Stanhope bit <laughs> about, <laughs> n- like, Norwegian stinkless pussy? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah Norwegian <laughs> stinkless pussy. Yeah, he's a doctor that only specializes... He's a gynecologist <laughs> that only specializes in really hot young Norwegian stickless pussy. Okay. Actually I'm gonna go on record and say please take that out. I don't wanna be the guy who quotes <laughs> Okay. We you could you you could just have me bringing it up. I like Doug Stanhope, but he's a very old boomer. He's not a boomer, he's Gen X, I suppose. But he's a Gen X guy. He's yeah, got he's his got, Gen X opinion. He's got what I describe as Gen X disease, which is where you um it's what happened to Matt Taibbi. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. What, uh, Stephen? Elaborate on Gen X. Disease. It's what hap- It's also what happened to like the the hippies. It's the same. It's the same same kind of syndrome, where you have you feel really strongly about something as a young adult and then sell out. And that's what it's just selling out. But what's what they believe in? Because that's. I- Sam Cedar had a good line a couple of weeks ago where he it might have been, I don't know, time is a fucking flat circle, but uh, where he was like, you know, because unlike the hippies like who actually believed in something, the Xers never had their movement. They were basically like, oh, I'm just going to be neo-lib in college. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to read, you know, I remember my dad's ex-wife always, her favorite story from college is she was, uh, one of her professors said, if you enjoy the work of Ayn Rand, then you're not going to like this class. And she dramatically exited like a 300 person lecture hall. I'm like, and she was 18. <laughs> she was that fucking, that's, that's the true exer syndrome. That <laughs> their has dream any, was fucking Reagan. Has anyone read the Douglas Copeland Generation X novel? No, have you? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great, it's a great take. It's a great, great take on Generation X. What does old Dougie Copes have to say about Gen X? I don't remember. <laughs> I read it a long time. <laughs> I just remember, like, I just remember of all his books, this was my absolute favorite. It was such a good book. Isn't his whole oeuvre about Gen X? Like, all of his yeah. books are sort of about, yeah, uh, about that alienation. But yeah, like, uh, 
his literal general X tales of an accelerated culture. That was a great book. That like, it was a great take on the generation. Uh, is Douglas, is, is Douglas Copeland's Canadian, right? I think so. He is Canadian. He is, yeah. He's one of those guys. He's a cultural, he's a Canadian cultural critic, like Marshall McLuhan, except not as good. And not as wonderfully Catholic. Uh, fucking... Oh, you beat me to it. I was literally about to say not as Catholic. Uh, yeah. Good old, good old Tradcast, Marshall McLuhan. He wasn't Tradcast. He was Progcast. <laughs> there used to be some prog cats. There were a couple of Jesuit priests who were imprisoned for opposing the Vietnam War. There used to be like cool prog cats, kind of like there are still cool prog cats. It's uh, aren't pretty... the nuns aren't like the New York nuns super woke? <laughs> I've heard something like that, um, but I can the... confirm. Who are the nuns who make weed? What what what's their deal? You know. You know, like that, like whole thing that blew up the nuns who make weed. I forget. Yeah, I I bet they they make weed, but they probably still don't like abortion, which is you know <laughs> I feel conflicted about. Yeah, uh, there's some nuns in California who make who make weed. Oh man, we're making weed for the Lord. I'm married to the Lord and this dank kush. <laughs> Did I tell you about how downtown Montreal now, especially in the gay village, now that everything's closed because of COVID, it's like uh, the two camps of weird, strange people now taking over that street are anti-abortion activists and Hari, white people doing Hare Krishna. And they stand across the road from each other like they're about to play the weirdest game of Red Rover. And I'm like, for both groups, I'm like, it's the gay village. You're like, this is probably the least amount of abortions you're going to see in Montreal uh, in this community. <laughs> Uh, and then, and they just stare each other down all day. They're right next to my pharmacy, so I see them every once in a while. But... <laughs> oh yeah, my pharmacy, <laughs> Canada. What's a pharmacy? What is a pharmacy? It's the French version of the Canadian chain of pharmacies called Shoppers Drug Mart, but everything has to be French in Quebec, so it is pharmacy. Yeah, it is the. And it our is convenience the stores are called Depanel. Yeah, Deps. And you have to be Sorry. named Sylvie to work there. <laughs> or Guillaume. <laughs> Everyone on Grinder is named Guillaume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have never seen so much uncut penis in my life until I moved there. Uncut gems. That oh. came out last year, too. <laughs> Dan, your, your mic, mic's working again. Speak to me, Dan. Right. I wanted to know when we were allowed back in Canada. Do you know? Do you guys get intel on that? I, I don't know. I don't have any never. info. Yeah. Hmm. You're never coming back. You're never coming back here. You had your it's chance. stressful to be so close and not let in. Yeah. Can we come wave at the border to each other? <laughs> yeah, you guys want to meet at the border and wave? <laughs> we meet yeah. and wave. What happens if you try to go in? They just say no? Yeah, they're scary. Yeah. I wouldn't want to try. They're scary there. At the mm. Detroit, at, the, at least at the Detroit border, both sides are scary. I had a bad time coming in and going. But it was worse coming in. The guy, the American Border Patrol guy was like, wearing, like really into his leather gloves. 
was very weird. He was like smelling smelling them. (laughs) (laughs) Telling telling me exactly what to do. Uh, Oh, so you want to come back to your country? And is it your country, really? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Yes, I live there. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, well, I'll see. I'll find out. I had a similar experience last year when I visited Alex in Toronto, where I took the train uh, up through, I guess, like Buffalo, and I just felt like the the lady at the border who was just asking me questions didn't believe anything I was saying. It's like, who, like, who are you seeing? Al- Alex, really? And and where did you meet? College. Like, what are you talking? Like, okay. Like, where does this where does this Alex person live exactly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in her defense, if I, we're not going to say Alex's last name on the pod, but his last name and first name do not sound like a real person's name. That that is that's true. Not. You do sound like a fake person. Alex. Fake yeah, name. I sound like a I, hell. That's okay. Here's a special New Year's uh, episode. I'll just dox my straight up dox myself on the show. My name is Alex oh, Hood. Oh. Oh, no, oh, big name reveal. Can I, no I'm one listen to that issue. I'm gonna bleep it. Uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, my name sounds like uh, something that a very inexperienced drug dealer would make up to be their alias. You know, yes. Which that's, and that's what gets like your origin story. That is my origin what story. You did. Huh? <laughs> Alex. Alex, every time, every time I want to na- I want to talk about you to Therese and I'm like, Alex, and she's like, Alex who? And I'm like, I say your whole name and she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, Oh, I say your Facebook name. It's like, oh, Alex. I have to look. This is this has been happening for like two years straight. Where every time I want to mention you, I have to mention. Like, it's come to a point where I don't say Alex anymore. I just say your Facebook name. Oh man, I feel embarrassed around Therese. She's too nice for me. She's too. She's too. She's too much of a genuinely good person. I always feel like a piece of shit when I'm around her. Uh. But you're good enough for me, Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you guys have New Year's resolutions? Uh, no. Uh, no. I never keep them anyway. What's the point? Me neither. Mine was to go to the gym, but, you know, it, I picked it as a year where it would kill me. <laughs> this is a great year to pick go to the gym. Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Too bad. God hates working out. It's God's fault. I have a legitimate like New Year's resolution, which is like very achievable as well, is to like translate an entire book. And I have the that book. I have, I have the book, and I have the rights, and I just want to do it this year. That's good. What are you trans? Are you translating awesome. from Farsi? Yeah. Hells yeah! Uh, do you want to do you want to mention the book or do you want to not? Uh, no, no, no. It's it's like a, it's like like it's not been sold or anything. So like, ah. I te- like it's like technically like it's just like I don't know. It's just like not worth mentioning because in, just in case it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, but that's that is. I wish you very well in your goal. That is a noble goal. Translation is a beautiful art. Translateral. Yes, mm-hmm. and it requires so much. It requires so much uh, thought on the translator's part about how to like contextualize tropes and idioms from another culture to to an to another one. And it's uh, it always struck me as like uh, 
that uh, previous versions of like the Iliad didn't really comment on how homoerotic it was because it was translated by a bunch of old British guys. It's like, well, this is what they we did at boarding school. Yeah, so this is completely normal. Uh, <laughs> No need to mention this. They were all fucking. They were all fucking pussy. On this. Actually, you know what? You know what? Now that you say that, I'm just gonna go for it. The whole the whole thing is I've already pitched it to one person and shown interest. So I'm gonna do a translation of Persian ghazals throughout the years. It's like ghazal is like ghazal is like. It's really funny because, like, Canada has a pre-existing culture of Ghazal. It's like the same way that like Kerouac did, like the same thing that Kerouac did to the haiku in the US and it became like a whole culture of like American haiku that is like slightly variated. Mm -hmm. uh, an East Coast poet did a book, of, actually like, the book is literally here. John Thompson did a book called Stilt Jack, which was all like English Ghazals and I'm gonna do like a whole rebuke and I'm going to do, like, Ghazals. Instead of, like, doing all Rumi, I'm going to do, like, from the very beginning of the Ghazals that exist mm -hmm. all the way to, like, contemporary. That's pretty cool. For the, for the uninitiated, what, what is the for type of format of this type of poem? So that, the whole point is that in Farsi, El Ghazal is a simple rhyme scheme. Mm -hmm. But in uh, English, like... In English scholarship, there has been given extra, like, so like English scholarship and English language gazals are, they say that each couplet must be divorced from meaning from the other. And this is something that is often the case, but not always. Like there are gazals by Rumi that are like an entire, like continuous story. And there are others that are like, disconnected between the verses but like basically the english scholarship of the ghazal is that every verse is disconnected from the other in terms of like thought progression narrative and everything mm. which is not really the case anyway sorry this is like niche town it's niche but i'm interested it's, this is what this is what yeah, we got you on right. for you. It, yeah, it's New Zealand basketball. I would say almost everything I know about this I get from reading your Facebook page. <laughs> Look, yeah. we're gonna do some New Zealand crazouts. All right, it's gonna be fine. There's that gonna be a New Zealand tradition of this pain. Sean Marks is coaching um, with Gazals. Is this what I'm hearing? Yes, yeah, Sean Marks. <laughs> he's using this format of poetry to change up his roster. That's fitting, 2020. <laughs> My New Year's resolution is to uh, make all of my dreams come true. What are your dreams? <laughs> uh, I guess by, by make all of my dreams come true, I guess I mean, you know, like, actually actually like fucking my sleep paralysis demon finally fucking my sleep paralysis demon cool catching yeah. it you mean because you're yeah catching my sleep paralysis demon with a little net <laughs> <laughs> just pinning it to the ground and being like yeah like fucking it like dakota fanning fucking it like fucking it like uh dakota fanning uh gave kramer coven <laughs> right that's everyone 
and everyone on North America. It's like the fucking Frankie Boyle set. It all comes together at the end. Wait, mm-hmm. was, no, oh, wait, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Frankie Boyle doesn't do that. Who no, was it who who comes it? together? You know who comes together? The thruple of Bill Gates, Bono, and Melinda Gates. They all come together. <laughs> hey, what do you think Bill Gates' orgasming sounds like? I think no. it's a little, it's probably a little more like old and not as like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, you're Steve's right. right. You right. The old diet trickle up sound. Or it's just uh, the window startup noise. That would be great. That would be great to come like that. And you make a weird sound. You come with noise. Custom come noise. Come with noise. Custom noise. Unfortunately, Oh, Bono and the irony is that uh, Bono sounds like Dolores O'Riordan when he comes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what we need to bring. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to bring back that weird yelping yodel that 1990s women singers used. That's going to be, I'm going to make that mainstream again. The Alanis Morissette yodel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was very popular. Avril used to do that too. Yeah, man. Wait, talking about like that yodel. Have you seen the millennial woo? Like the millennial woo. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that. Yeah. The Millennial Whoop. It fi- I was talking about this the other day. The Millennial Whoop was a convention at like, so why I really, I think I truly, one of my most controversially hated bands is Arcade Fire. I fucking can't stand Arcade Fire all the way back from when they came out because I feel like they created the sound of generic commercial ready epicness that was very sort of, um, that, that elicited the idea of sort of atmosphere but was actually quite shallow in its content and mostly just about reveling in this harmful nostalgia. And from that came these tropes and conventions of using these very simplified pentatonic melodies to get across this sense of catchy epicness. I think uh, the song that I remember as being the fucking nader of this genre was that there was a song by American authors that went, this is going to be the best day of my life. <laughs> this is going to yeah. be the best day. Of- I remember that song. And that was a real low point for culture. And it stems directly from that boiling down of that sort of feel good campfire, almost rusted root evolution uh, <laughs> from Arcade Fire. Yeah, um, the cinematic equivalent would be Juno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that's the primary reason why uh, <laughs> why Elliot Page transitioned. She, uh, he didn't want to be associated with that movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, you just, just destroyed Arcade Fire. That's funny. You, I you think we need to destroy it. Alex destroys stole... Arcade Fire with yeah. facts Ooh, and logic. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to cut that part out just for you two. No, they're bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, people love them though, and I think yeah, they're they're su- they're ultra nostalgia sound. Like, can you I, think of other bands that embrace that sound as just well? Just give it some time, and then the nostalgia I mean, they, will feel will feel real instead of manufactured. Uh, Mumford and Sons got on that. You're right. It's Mumford and Sons. Yeah, yeah. 
but all like, of those like that timeless timeless music that came out of nowhere yeah but uh, what i realized black keys tame impala all of them are like hearkening i think that's why i like 100 gex so much yeah because they don't sound like anything i've ever heard before this shit is new whether it's you like whether it's good or not is entirely it different. is good it Listen is good. to it's it on good speakers. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. But I I also generally like, I think there's this new genre that's emerging that people are calling hyper pop that yeah. uh, 100 Gex is a part of. Also a part of is the wonderful Sophie. I like Sophie as well. I think they are cool. Um, uh, but yeah, this very disjointed, very elaborate, almost prog-like music. Uh, but it's pop music, and it has, like, auto-tune and those fun tropes built up from the last 20 years. Even, like, Charlie XCX is starting to make music like this, which is very interesting, because she's been a, a figure of the mainstream pop scene for a while. And uh, I like I like the direction it's going. I'm of the opinion that the music that the kids are listening to today is actually probably better than the music in my era. Yeah. When I was a kid. It's better. Wait, what's yeah, fair. Are, is it is it weird if we all say our favorite album of the year? I didn't listen to a lot of albums this year, so I don't know. It's not uh, weird. If you have one, name it. Yeah, no, either. I can't I can't think of either. Sorry. Everyone for... like that Fiona Apple album. The new Carly Rae Jepsen album? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know you know what dropped this year that I listened to is the new Neil C. C. Arega album, uh, the new Mouth Mouth in the Mouth trilogy that just came out. So everyone listen to that guy. Everyone listen to Neil C. C. Arega. I really like the new Lyanne Le Havis album. That was good. I mean, I love Lyanne Le Havis, but I don't know how. Like, Who's I Lavis. Lyanne Le Havis. She's really cool. I like. I honestly, I haven't been like in the music scene for so long i don't know how popular people are like i don't know if a name i drop is going to be super popular or super niche i think she's very well known i don't know lianne lahavas uh i i liked that megan the stallion record i listened to that for some reason uh, <laughs> i i you know what my favorite records are the, the two albums i listened to oh and run the jewels four i listened to three albums this year that came out this year because you know i'm I'm thirty now, I'm old. I'm just listening to all this stuff that made me feel like I was young once. I can't listen to Run the Jewels and don't like think of uh that like Ari Shafir thing. What's that oh, thing God. what's what's that Ari Shafir thing that Ari Shafir used to host and that it had the run the jewels like original oh, uh, run this is not happening, yeah, yeah this is not happening. Yeah, that's a, Ari Shafir is a polarizing figure. When Kobe Bryant died, he was like, "Yo, fuck Kobe, that yeah. guy's a rapist. He deserved to die." And all of the Roganites turned on him. <laughs> they were like, "Ari oh, Shafir cool. can't go to certain parts of L.A." Because, uh, <laughs> and it's fine. He's also said he regularly says horrible things. Um, and whenever he, if someone tries to cancel him, he just goes on vacation. But this has apparently been the thing that will cancel him. Because uh, you can't say mean things about Kobe. I would, yeah, I'll be very careful. Because mm -hmm. they will find you. Yes. Yeah, the Kobe fans. The Kobe fans are intense. Look, we yeah. gotta dig up Kobe's corpse. It's the only way. It's the only way to revive the human race. Is we have to, we have to 
Get Kobe Revived. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Like a mission. <laughs> yeah. We need to learn chaos magic. We need to learn necromancy to get Kobe back. Actually, I found, I'm at my, uh, my family home. I've been bunkered here for about a month and looking at a bunch of old books and shit I had from when I was a kid. And I found a very ancient Jewish book of magic that is actually meant to raise the dead. It is the seventh seal of Solomon. And I went through a witchy phase as a teenager, but I couldn't get, I wasn't cool enough in high school to get a dozen other people to stand naked with me in a field at various times throughout the year to summon the dead. You could do that now. Um, You're in grad school. You got people. Yeah, yeah, extra credit. Yeah. Now, students, this TA... This if is you want all, your full participation grade... Yeah. Look, I'm not going to molest you, okay? I'm not going to molest you, okay? I just need you to be naked. I just need you to be naked to revive Kobe Bryant that I obviously <laughs> care very much about because I knew he was dead before an hour ago. <laughs> and his daughter... Oh no, that's, uh, that's honestly, my hot take on that is, I think anyone that has ever ridden in a private helicopter probably deserves to die. So, <laughs> uh, well. no, including medical patients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it can't be true because JFK Jr. So he's alive, and he's going to take over the world. You're right. But it can't be true. You're right. JFK Jr. is coming for all of us. Where we go, that's another thing that's, I mean, QAnon didn't start this year, but it really got going this year because COVID, like, obviously enhances the conspiracy. Yeah, that's the one uh, thing uh, we didn't talk about. Oh, the... the I tell you I saw a QAnon Vanity plate. In, in town the other day. What? No. What did it say? It was like WW. It was it was where it was we the go. Where we go, go one, all. we go all. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an orange Subaru Crosstrek, and I saw I was like, oh, a vanity plate, and I was like, that seems weird. And then I like wrote it all out, and then I typed in the yeah, it was definitely a QAnon thing. That's amazing. I can't believe, like, the fucking DMV grants people, they haven't gotten wise to the where we, that's like granting someone, like, 1488 vanity plate or something like that. <laughs> oh, man, I was really excited about it. Oh, uh, man, those you guys are everywhere. Them. They went to Walmart. That, you should follow uh, them around and then wait for them to get out of their car and then drive really fast, right, like, right by them. I'm just really excited. I'm just really excited for like five years from now after they come to their senses and they just still have this dumb band. The plate. plate. Yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll be on a new one by then. Yeah. Uh, man. It's, it's like the guy uh, cross COVID here. I want a TikTok of all the Q tattoos. Kramer, uh, you gotta keep me updated on the TikToks and the Q tattoos on the TikToks. <laughs> What's a Q tattoo? Oh, frick. I don't know. It looks like the Q license plate, but even more regrettable. <laughs> oh, oh, there have gotcha, been gotcha. some, I'm sure. They have like a picture of John Podesta injecting adrenochrome into Hillary Clinton's neck for some reason. That's the tattoo they get. Uh, they have a picture of John Podesta just ripping a baby apart. It's really violent. It's weird that they would go with that. That'd be a cool tattoo. Yeah, those are pretty, uh, pretty fucking metal, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe, yeah, some Q metal would be nice. Uh, some QAnon-themed metal. I'm sure there, they're already in. There's a lot of Q music out there that I yeah. highly encourage you to track down and listen to. Specifically rap. There's a lot of Q rap. Yeah. Really? I think there's, there's rap, there's country. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've heard any Q metal. I must have. That sounds like it makes too much sense. Yeah. Oh, oh man, the oh, rap so is let's just... Make a, let's make a Q metal song. <laughs> let's, let's cash in to the Q um, experience here. Mm -hmm. This is a money-making machine. Uh, right? That's basically what it is. But for... for Feels so clean takers. like a money machine. Well, first yeah. you have to you have to like hack into the the YouTube algorithm by like making a bunch of uh, weird videos first that makes yeah. Google want to cross reference your shit with uh, all the Q stuff. Yeah, mm. I'll probably, I could just I could maybe make a few videos in advance to get on to get on the algorithm train. <laughs> I don't know. I can hook you up with some good SEO people if you really want to get in on the Q train. <laughs> uh, well, apparently, no one un like you can't. No one understands how Google works, so the government has to sue them. Uh, it's basically what's <laughs> happening with advertising. I've heard about it's good. like several times. I've I've known various people who work in the advertising industry, and they always talk about how Google is just incomprehensible, and it makes it impossible. To do anything because they keep changing their friggin' algorithms. Well, yeah, as, as long as, hmm? as as long as we're talking algorithmic weirdness, I, I like a few, a couple, like I don't know, a couple months ago, I was just like, I spent about like four or five hours on YouTube watching like Islamic uh, philosophy pot like uh, videos and everything, and then I went onto my Facebook and I had three friend requests from like, you know, those like thirst bots that just add you. Yeah. And one of them, like, sorry, three, the three was superfluous. One of them was new. The newest one was literally called Estagfar and it, it did not have any other name. And that <laughs> was, and it's like, a, it's like an Islamic philosophical term for like asking forgiveness before prayer. And that was the name of the thirst bot. It was like, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like thirst bots have achieved so much cultural like nobility. <laughs> thirst bots are now named after like complex Islamic uh, philosophical ideals. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, wa I watched Islamic philosophy for three hours and now like the thirst bot instead of being called Cecily is called Istighfar. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you're, the next time you're gonna get the twins uh, Ali Rahman and Ali Rahim. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a little, that's a little Islam joke for you fellas. <laughs> uh, that's probably bad. I hope I don't get canceled for that. Those are very sacred concepts. No, don't worry. Like, there, you, you, you got a, you got a Muslim-looking fella here. Like, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, by the way, to people who are like hearing me as Kramer, I'm like a literal, I'm a literal Persian person. So, yeah, we got, we yeah. got 2021. We're gonna get yeah. more metaphorical Persian people on the compact pod. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. 
Hypothetical. My old dentist. I could get my old dentist. (laughs) From Texas? Yeah. We had to stop being friends with them. They were Persian. They were from Iran. (laughs) Why did you have to stop being friends with them? Is the answer bad? They said the Jews did 9-11, so we had to... Oh, well, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, he was standing from New Jersey applauding it, so he's not in the right either. wait, Wait a second. Are you saying they did not? I'm sorry, I, I was under the... Mm. Like, I'm really sorry, I thought we had this, like... No, I thought, we, I thought we did 9-11. <laughs> yeah. I went to that meeting. Steve, did you? I, I don't think so, but I was really excited when I heard that it was the Jews. See, I heard about it, but I wasn't invited because it was the year before my bar mitzvah, and so I wasn't truly a man yet. So yeah, I I was, yeah, I was in seventh grade at the time, so I wasn't uh, a man either yet so i just figured like okay i'm not pervy to all this information Uh, here's my theory rudy giuliani did 9 11 in order to gain clout and become time person of the year (laughs) (laughs) or he like misunderstood similar to to total landscaping like someone gave him he's like yeah we'll do something at the world trade center it sounds great yeah yeah we'll we'll just have he thought he was flying out the homeless people. Yes, yeah. exactly. The, the planes were going the wrong way. Yeah, he hired a young Mohammed, a young inexperienced pilot named Moada to just do a, you know, a ticker tape flyover at these precise air air coordinates. And so, oh no, they were too low. <laughs> no, I thought we established the pilot's name was Chaim Ben Shlomo. <laughs> It was all just an accident, an, an unfortunate series of accidents. Yeah. And then old Rudy took credit. Rudy. Mm-hmm. Eric But yeah, yeah. like per- Persians on, on, in general are incredibly anti-Semitic. I would wow. say like, yeah, it's like, it's like the kind of shit, like I grew up in Iran. So like you'd walk in the streets and there would be entire murals like four stories high. It's like talking shit about Israel and, like, the Jews. Hey, same with Jeremy Corbyn. Just because you're anti-Israel doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic. Uh, but in, in No, no, no. Like, this, like, Iranians are, like, anti, like, all things Jewish. They're, like, Jewish people are incredibly, like, have lead incredibly uh, uh, dangerous lives in Iran and usually leave. So, like, they're, they, they don't exist as a mind, as, as a seen minority in Iran. Like, they have yeah. to, like, either pretend to be, you know, Muslims or, I, like, I they mean, leave. They On the other side, like, I mean, it's not like, you know, Jewish people have, the, or, you know, a really great relationship with uh, either uh, Persian people or Muslim people in general. It's not, yeah. uh, I, I, I didn't... Israel's not really doing a lot to help our reputation, you know? Yeah. No, but that's why you know we yeah. gotta we gotta airdrop more Mel Brooks films into Iran. You know that's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah like look, when I just... when I came to Toronto and like I had a friend who had a Persian friend and she's like oh I uh, let let's one time get get together and the friend was afraid of meeting me because he was a Persian Jew and he had he had horrible experience with like meeting like regular, like non-Jewish Persians and how like, how like incredibly like intolerant they were towards the Jewish people in the past. So like he did Mm. not want to meet me and we didn't end up meeting, but which I understand, like there's a lot of uh, 
But yeah, Iranians oh, you, are like you, you're taking that pretty well. I'd be pretty, I, I'd be pretty sad about that. No, Iran, like Iran, like Iranians have do not have a good uh, relationship. Like again, like it's not. You're right. Like it's like it's not like just Israel. Like Iranians do not have a good relationship with uh, Jewish people in general. Well, I, I'm going to have to solve all that because I love Iran. I think it's a great <laughs> culture. Yeah. Uh, go I, there. Go there, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to go to Iran. I'm going to Jew Yeah, my buddy was getting married in Iran, and he kept trying to convince me to come. And he's like, you have to be in my wedding. You have to be in my wedding. I'm like, but I am the faggiest Jew in the world. Like, do you really <laughs> think that's going to work out well? He's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, I don't know. It's no, shh. <laughs> and I didn't go. <laughs> Uh, well, who needs Tehran when you got Toronto, uh, which is basically already a Persian city? Yep. Do they have like? Is there a neighborhood that you could call? Wait, there's like Toronto? I thought you, I thought you actually knew, but like like North York is literally called Tehran. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. I might. It's like I could walk there from my mom's place right now. Nice. Mm -hmm. Get some like serious kebab on. Yeah. If you need to be gay and Jewish in a Persian city, just go to North York. Man. They're nicer than the Russians. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. Which is where I am right now in Russian area. They are <laughs> much friendlier. I like how the Russians and the Persians also ended up being geopolitically proximate in Toronto. That's very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, anything else about 2020 that was funny? The plague. Did you learn anything from the plague? Did any of you learn anything from this? I learned that we're all doomed with climate change because people don't know how to assess and tackle risks that aren't immediately staring them in the face. If it's, if it's, if it's not a big explosion, people, it's hard to get people to care. Well, I, I learned that tiny desks can finally be good. <laughs> In the NPR tiny desk? Yeah, yeah. Because all the good musicians are out of work, probably. So they're like, well, I'll just do, do the remote gigs. Uh, I only do tiny dick concerts. That's concerts with people with tiny dicks. Uh, so we had. I on played Fred that song Durst. for my dad the other day. Oh, that's like nice. Uh, that's very nice. I, I, I wrote a song called Tiny Dicks once, but <laughs> I'll sing us some bars. What is wrong and what is right? Sucking tiny dicks tonight. Okay, that's it. That's, mm, that's a good one. Good. I like that. <laughs> and the tinier the dick banger, is the honestly. tinier the malice in your soul. And the tinier the dick is the tinier the phallus in your hole. Yeah, I think that lyric's pretty funny. Tiny dicks with a big hole? No, the tinier the dick is the tinier the malice oh. in your soul. Okay. The tinier the dick is the tinier the phallus in your hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's tautological. Uh, yeah, it is tautological. <laughs> <laughs> my taut anus logical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my anus is so taut you can bounce quarters off of it. <laughs> and it goes spring. <laughs> <laughs> like Sonic jumping off one of the springs. You're like, the, your, your anus is like Tigger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can actually bounce on my anus. Uh, my bottom is made out of rubber. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I do call, call my penis the hundred acre wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I call is. my asshole Pooh Bear. <laughs> I, you just uh, uh, you just reminded me of the the gay sect of the Tigger Boys, where uh, the tops are made out of rubber and the bottoms are made out of springs. Uh, that also, I, for some reason, also now I think of uh, Paw Patrol as like a roving gang of friendly bears from the gay neighborhood, and <laughs> as opposed to authoritarian puppies. Yeah, that's the that's the the cop show for, for little kids. Yeah, that's the copaganda show. <laughs> authoritarian puppies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dog does a the dog does a knee hold on a uh, does a knee press on a black lab and they film it and it's a whole thing that was a bad joke that was important yeah alex uh, you're kicked off the show for two episodes i'm done your conduct i'm in free speech jail again <laughs> you're in free speech jail it's just gonna be me i'm gonna yeah. have to come up with a monologue do some steven solo episodes I'll really hash read, some shit out i'll just read a book you can just listen to me reading a book Pull a Kaufman. Which yeah. would be turn into me playing video games after one page. Yeah. <laughs> what you, did you Kaufman were, read? Did he read uh, like the, the Great Gatsby? Gatsby? <laughs> he wrote the Great Gatsby. But then you start playing the Great Gatsby video game. <laughs> Which would be great. We should make that. Let's make that. The Great Gatsby the video game? Yeah, it's a driving sim. I've always wanted to yeah, take someone comes, home and with a case of wine. I've always wanted to take someone home and just like Gatsby all my books over them. It's like, look at all my shit. Look at all my shit. I have enough books to like Gatsby it around. Like Spring Breakers Gatsby move? Yeah, it's like, look at all my shit. Look at all my shit. Look at, I guess that's what the Spring Breakers, you're right. Spring Breakers is great Gatsby. That is, it, it's the same American story. Look at all my shit. Look at all my shit. <laughs> and uh, it's also about seducing nubile young ones into your life, attempting to win them over with uh, material good. But in the end, they succumb to the momentum of uh, American society in general. Also, like, serious question, how long is this going to go on till? Yeah, we're we're we wrapping can, up soon. We can stop we're at any time. We're we went over our yeah, time. Yeah, we we've gotten over minutes, but I enjoy talking to you to so much. Yeah, well, let's wrap it up. Um, I didn't learn anything this year, uh, so that sucks. Uh, yeah, I learned I'm still bad at like video games and puzzles <laughs> and thinking and logic. Still really bad at that. I don't understand coding. Uh, still another year. Uh, I, uh, you know, had a job, then I just quit because it sucked. So, yeah. 2021 will be everything in reverse. That's what we're all hoping. We're all hoping. I learned that all of your fears are real and anxiety <laughs> is a worthwhile practice because the things that you're worried about will happen. And they'll be worse than you thought. I learned I'm not as introverted as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I I started off the year being like, oh, COVID, all of my dreams are coming true. I don't have to see anybody <laughs> sitting at home playing video games, masturbating all day. 
and then you know cut months later it's like i'm so lonely the dog isn't enough <laughs> Uh, See, I learned that, that, I, that I'm even more vain than anybody thought I was because I bought a ring light. <laughs> You're a Chinese influence. In my defense, I teach on Zoom, but I can't let those kids think I'm ugly. <laughs> yeah, you got to wield authority over them. And the best way to wield authority over someone is being super hot, which is why James Gandolfini is the most authoritative person on earth. Huh. Okay. All right. I, this is what I believe with. I believe that James Gandolfini is the most sexually attractive man to have ever existed. <laughs> yeah, we finally found your type. You wanna you wanna have lazy Tony Soprano sex with them? I wanna have lazy 2021 Tony Soprano sex. <laughs> 20, 20, but he gets eaten soprano. out once a year on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also get that he get his gabagool all uh, wet and shiny on his birthday. <laughs> That's what we don't resurrect Kobe. We resurrect uh, James Gandolfini, and he becomes the gabagool. I'm all also, for that. Let me let me say something to all of you who are like going into this new year with a lot of hope. Is that a U.S. naval vessel went into the Persian Gulf? And Trump said, if any American ends up dead by, like, by any, for any reason, it's going to be war. And, the, and then the Persians are like, fuck you, Trump. So, like, I'm just letting you know, we're like, we've come to full circle. Yeah. Trump is going to start a war with Iran on the last day, and Biden is going to be too chicken. Well, they voted for it, so we got to go with it, Mac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they voted for Trump. Yeah, I get it. That would be crazy. I hope not. That would that'd actually suck. Yeah. Really so hope. 2021, when we're all drafted in uh, the war of arrest, somehow Canadians get drafted too. It's a whole situation. Biden has that power. Biden makes a deal with Trudeau to draft Canadians in the Iran wars. Uh, That's we'll why you all, all got to get your ass over to Quebec. It's the only ones who won't fight. You're right. <laughs> Let's all go. I'm down. Let's go. I'll, hey, I'll t I'll take any any invitation to be a refugee. Any you know you don't you don't turn that down. Alex was my number one choice, but it can be Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all a nicer couch. Come to Canada. It, yeah, it's exactly like Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Come to Canada in 2021. <laughs> it's just like Schitt's I'm Creek. I'm fleeing the Canada. Everyone get French on your Duolingo. <laughs> Will that help me get in? What would no, help yes. me? Not at all. You'll get to Quebec and realize they sound <laughs> nothing like Duolingo. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what you do. You learn French, then you move to Quebec, and then you learn French again, and then three years later, you'll kind of speak French, even though you thought you spoke French when you got there. Here's what you do. You go to the border, you bring a chainsaw. When they ask you a question, you rev the chainsaw. They'll think you're speaking Quebecois. You'll get over no problem. <laughs> That's a, I guess I'm, you must be Canadian to have to understand that joke. I just. Well, just, the Quebecois sound, accent is so guttural that it does very much sound like a chainsaw going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know. Uh, I think we have enough audio so we can just be casual.
Yeah. We can just be real casual. We can all say goodbye. If you, I love you all. I hope nice seeing everybody. Bye bye. Yeah. See you in the new year. See you yeah. in the new year. Thanks for this bukkake of kindness. <laughs>